1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, August 10th, 2007 edition of The Old Relevant Podcast, New Wave Edition. Uh, I hope a-
2: you stand by that through the entire thing.
1: Well, I, that's the plan because last week we ended and began the podcast with a little tune from Aha. Mm-hmm. And there was a post on the message board saying, What was that tune that you ended the podcast with? Oh, no. I replied by
3: saying, Really?
1: <laughs> and then, so, I, like they it's didn't the, know Who's this
3: great new band that, yeah. so, that the kids are digging these days So
1: uh, I decided you know what We need to educate the listeners a little bit And it's an all new wave edition Of the relevant podcast today So it the relevant podcast is the audio companion to relevant magazine and relevant I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is the um, interim uh, podcast crew, right? Uh, managing editor Adam Smith, Dexie's Midnight Runners. <laughs> <laughs> um, web content producer Jesse Carey, Duran Duran. <laughs>
3: His had something to do with the song that's playing right now. I, I was just naming like a, a <laughs> random band from the era.
1: All right. And and operations manager and my wife, Maya Strang. <laughs> i have having a
4: laugh? <laughs> i you having a laugh? Are you having a laugh?
1: Oh, my! For people who haven't seen extras, oh, they're just going to think that was the worst catchphrase you've ever used. Are
4: <laughs> you <laughs> having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? <laughs> I can't do
2: this. Oh, it's good stuff. Oh my.
1: Okay. And they need to go out yeah, and cross and, and get it.
4: Yeah. Are you having a laugh? Laugh. Some glasses and a big wig.
1: <laughs> Those wacky Brits. I know. They're all wacky. It's a. It's another music podcast today because we have um, the band Ethan Darrell coming through the studio to perform. They they were spotlighted in our indie spotlight in the new music edition or issue this year and
2: that'll come up later in the podcast yeah, straight from uh, moose Jaw, saskatchewan
1: <laughs> wow
2: yeah i don't know that for a fact and i
1: would uh, say they had quite a drive
2: to come down just no, for the I'm, old relevant podcast i'm just guessing mm. on that
1: all right movies coming out, movies come out in theaters tonight
2: august 10th we've got stardust it's uh neil Gaiman, who nerds will know from uh a lot of comic book type stuff yeah he's Big time comic book writer. So he's, I guess this is based on maybe a graphic novel or something he did. Yeah, It doesn't, so doesn't look that bad. Really? But it looks interesting. Yeah,
4: I don't think it looks bad. I would see it.
1: <laughs> also, coming out, we've got Daddy Day Camp.
0: Oh, Aww, yeah.
1: <laughs> the
3: much anticipated.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> the worst part is tra- the trailer says, from the studio that brought you Daddy Day Yeah. And There's no nobody one, else. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> they apparently wouldn't pay Eddie Murphy's price. And so that's, and then it all fell apart from there. But like he so was going like, to do Well,
3: it. we'll get Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. <laughs> it's not like he was too good for the movie he was just too expensive for the movie <laughs> well and it's directed by fred savage of it Wondering is not is this yes, it is serious shut up yes. yep he apparently that's oh. that's it, like his thing now he's getting into directing and what a great way to really make a splash by going daddy day camp
1: <laughs> that's sad uh, and also coming out um rush hour three starring jackie chan and chris tucker if okay. there's
2: one thing we need it's another rush hour maybe.
1: hey the, the trailers look funny
3: I, see I, I see. <laughs> I sl- I've never <laughs> been with an American band before <laughs> Hey me neither <laughs> It's like I felt like all the jokes I felt like he was telling the same joke over and over well, It was it, Chris Tucker saying something in his voice That was like a pseudo punchline like, my, uh,
1: my fear is that all the punchlines have been shown You yeah. know That you'll show up and there's no more However the other Rush Hours Were funnier than the trailers So maybe
4: I, I'll see it I
3: don't it's know It's either that or know. Daddy Day Camp <laughs> There's still other movies Take in one. the theater that um, you know No Jesse you have to choose between Daddy Day Camp <laughs> and, <laughs> and Richard. There's it, also a sharp stick in rod, the You saw Hot Rod didn't
1: you I saw <laughs> Hot Rod and? Oh Hot Rod depends on who you are who you're with and what mood you're in okay Okay. and it, it can either be the best time you've had at the movies in a long time or it could be one of the most painful experiences you will ever experience in the movies and we sat with both of those people on either side of us and so one set of people was like groaning and cursing they were so angry at how bad the movie was and then one was totally into it and they were having the best time in their lives it was gloriously horrible It, it knew it was bad and and not bad like daddy day camp but like just really dumb you know mm-hmm. and it reveled in it and it, it just it just soaked up the badness and just it made it so it went so
3: far beyond being bad that it was good do you are what i was saying about andy samberg last week agree or disagree after seeing the film
1: and i liked him in it i i don't think another actor or comic would have done the movie that way i think he was right for the role you saw it no not yet <laughs> No,
4: it was Maya, you saw it. Yeah. It was funny. It was so it was bad. Funny. It was
1: it was so funny because it was so bad. Seriously. You'll laugh. You and your college buddies would have <laughs> the best time at that movie. But if you're going to have any brainwave activity or anything like that, <laughs> don't go.
3: Well, I already I already kind of have this thing about Annie Sandberg. Like I said, I, I I'll give him the benefit of the I will see it and then He was make funny my, in it, dude in my judgment on his caliber of you know hollywood there's there's this one moment where i'm not going to be able to
1: describe it if people have seen it they'll know what i'm talking about where there's the two people talking and the scratching you know the the, 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 you know what i'm talking about at there's this moment in the movie cool beans where you just know that it hit bottom and it just started to dig deeper i mean it's like (laughs) it was like wow and at that moment I I said, You know what? I'm just gonna enjoy the ride. <laughs> See? Uh no pun <laughs> no. intended.
4: <laughs> just some guys that wanted to make a dumb movie and yeah. some studio paid for it.
1: Yeah. In in a legitimate criticism is that it would have been a mediocre five minute SNL skit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a ninety minute movie that was eighty five minutes too long. But that's what the, but that's what made it so gloriously horrible is that they they knew that it was a mediocre five minute skit and they made it even worse. Excellent, but it was great. It was it
3: was genius and how bad it was. If um, Night at the Roxbury is any oh, indication, no, no, no. No, it's, no,
4: not anything. It's not like even that. as good as night of the rocks well,
0: but,
3: but it's not even like that because oh, i was gonna say that didn't kill will ferrell he
1: went no, on no. yeah a, it's not even that genre a movie it's more it's more like the old adam sandler stuff where it's just like bad acting bad choppy editing it's just bad but it's a college
2: cult yeah. classic. Yeah. what we're saying is that daddy day camp is probably be yeah. about the same kind of movie. <laughs> You guys really do need to see it. I want to. It, it's it's
1: really like underground. It's like an indie Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, you know, see, I'm I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. Yeah. I like Andy. Let's Sanbury. go see it now. <laughs> All right, um, coming out in stores. CDs coming out on Tuesday the 14th, which is the day before my mom's birthday. Uh, we have Twelve Stones with Anthems for the Underdog on Wind Windup. Uh, they have an ad in New Relevant, by the way. As oh, the fourteenth is actually when the new relevant will start shipping, so people can see that ad. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> they're waiting with bated breath. Oh, I can't wait to see that ad. A cities burn, with the album "Come Now Sleep" on Solid State. Isley with combinations, yay! I like Isley. Farewell Flight with Farewell Flight on Goatee. Cake with B sides and rarities on Upbeat. Cake. And cake. Wow, They're still making music. Awesome. Well apparently not. It's B sides and rarities.
4: They're a cool band though.
1: Yeah, they are. I saw them at uh, a couple times in Nashville. And they kinda that was uh, their heyday, ninety eight, ninety nine, yeah. you know. Mm. And then last but not least, May is coming out with Singularity on Capitol. So that's it for your entertainment releases and Andy Samberg debate. <laughs> 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 Up next. Slices. You're listening to A Flock of Seagulls, the song is Iran, parentheses so baca, far away. Baca, baca. <laughs> and it's talking about the country, how far away it is. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Dexy's Midnight Runners with Come On Eileen,
2: neither of which are playing this week over at Relevant.tv. But imagine if they were. <laughs> Man, uh, Rele- we should hunt those videos down. <laughs> That'd actually be really cool. We put them
1: up. Uh, Actually, let me give you the lineup for Relevant TV. The featured video is actually Paramore with Hallelujah. Uh, We also have Eugene McGinnis with Monsters Under the Bed. We have Charlie Alex March with In the End. It's like two different first names. Charlie Alex March with In the End. We have Speak to Lewis with Arms Reach and Tiger Force with Hey Yo, Square Eyes. So check those out over at Relevant.tv this week. Oh, and stay tuned for a big announcement
2: at the end of the podcast. Ch-ch-ch-ch. So now with slices, here's Adam. 21-year-old Matt Murphy snagged himself a piece of sports history on Tuesday when he caught Barry Bond's 756th asterisk home run. <laughs> uh, Steroid ball. Yeah, but he may have caught a little more than he bargained for because that ball is uh, taxable income, according to the IRS. Yep. Uh, you may remember back when uh, Mark McGuire was hitting all those home runs in 1998, That with his uh, steroid uh, balls, yes. That the uh, the IRS initially said that uh, the number sixty-two that broke Roger Maris's record would be subject to taxes, even if it were returned to McGuire. Well, but very quickly that was that was shot down because it was very unpopular. But the thing about this is that this poor kid, he's twenty-one-year-old college student. They can still tax this ball, even if he doesn't sell it. That's true. So he keeps it. Why? Because it's income. It, it is of, it is of
4: worth.
1: It's of value. And if he holds on to it every year that it appreciates, he'll get hit with capital gains taxes. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing is, I don't think it is income. He d-
4: If he doesn't yeah. sell it, then it's not oh, income. Oh, it's,
1: it's ridiculous. If you no go doubt, on a game show and you win a car... And you drive home in that car, you will get a tax bill in the mail for winning or being given right. that car.
3: I, I know every everything you see on TV. You know who wants to be a millionaire or whatever. It's all has a big asterisk because it's not your money. Half of it's the government.
1: Not half. I mean, if he's uh, thirty-five percent. Yeah, if this is over half a million dollars, <laughs> which much. is which is what it would be, because McGuire mm-hmm. uh, sold for three million. So if this is over half a million dollars, he'll be in the highest tax bracket, which is thirty-five percent.
2: Yeah, and that's w- what it says is that immediately. At the very least, it kicks him up, you know, re- regardless of what the ball's worth, even if it's not $3 million, it automatically kicks him up to the highest tax bracket because at the very least, they're saying like $600,000. That's yeah. why. I- so, you know, this poor kid grabs himself a baseball, probably very, very excited, not knowing that he's got to get rid of that ball quickly even to be able to afford to pay the taxes on it. Well, him. just before April 15th. Well, the crazy thing, though, is it's not like he could just keep it as a piece of sports memorabilia because it's actually going to cost him money every yeah. year he owns it. Well, and two, he'd have to get it insured, you mm-hmm. know, for millions, you know. and
0: that, So would everybody really that,
4: that catches that the ball has to have that happen? Or just Only because this has something. to be yeah. a big deal. Only one. if it's
1: worth something. because yeah. it's, yeah, this is a so big So if one. he
4: would have caught it and ran and no one saw his face, he'd be good to go?
1: But, well, no. I mean, they couldn't technically, find technically, yeah. I, I, I mean, would well, be someone innovative.
2: someone still has Wilt Chamberlain's uh, <laughs> basketball from the hundred point game, and whoever took it has never come forward, so they probably never had to pay taxes on it. They have but a
4: big tax bill, <laughs> right? But
2: what, like, what satisfaction is it to know that you have this historic piece of sports memorabilia and you can't brag about it to anyone? See, that's why I, I'm leaning
3: towards Ron Paul. 2008. He's a libertarian <laughs> yeah. Republican candidate. He'd, he'd do away with that stuff. He's not. He wants to do away with income tax. He wants to cut the federal government down to... So it just
1: be national sales tax or something? How would he pay for government services? Well, one... He'd he's be gonna, doing it he's for gonna, free. He's mm-hmm. going to be
3: cutting It's a all lot volunteer. Of, it's all volunteer. <laughs> Sorry if you work for the government, you're now volunteering. Well, he'd be cutting a lot of government services and making the local level in um, control. So your local law. taxes would go up. Yeah. Exactly. More property taxes.
1: Local income taxes.
2: Ron, but, Ron Paul is, uh, he is an internet darling yeah. right now amongst liberals and conservatives alike. Because like he's so, people love Ron Paul. He's
3: somewhat rare in his stance because he's like a strict constitutionalist. Um, and he's he's like a, a true well he's not like a, a neoconservative. He's like a true uh, a classical conser- conservative. Um, but he's also um, against abortion, which is a little bit rare to see someone as socially liberal as he is to be opposed to abortion.
1: I told I, I've said in interviews that if a candidate would come forward that was socially liberal, Liberal, but morally conservative, they would find millions yep. of voters and, that feel disenfranchised. Well, and, and if Ron you,
3: Paul. I watched, I watched a little bit of the Republican debate, and you see all these guys that are obviously politicians. You know, um, everyone like Mitt Romney, Brownback. They, you know, they all carry themselves in a way that they're obviously you can tell that they they are. If you saw them on the street, it, you would say. Politician. Yeah. and even even in the debate, Ron Paul is like a firecracker, and that, and I was watching it, and Dana walked in, and I was like, "This guy is awesome, but the reason i don 't know if he's going to win is because he shoots from the hip like he's just sitting there like giving this scowl like you guys are make- well, you guys make me sick the like,
2: the, the reason he won 't win is that there's not enough money behind his campaign the uh The vegas odds on him right now are fifteen to one, and that dropped that that actually dropped down from like eighty to one.
3: But I, I was, I first, I was, it was like the 4th of July and people, I was down at the park the night I got the the firework debris mm-hmm. in my eye. Um, Almost I, lost your eye. <laughs> yeah. I nearly lost my eye in a fireworks accident. Because, um, because Ron Paul's down there and here's the firecracker. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> He's going. He
3: got in your eye a little bit. <laughs> but before <Sorry. laughs> I was, I was walking around the park and there's people handing out, you know, pull politi- Typically I don't, I don't take stuff. It's like the whole Mitch Pepper here. You throw this away. Yeah. Um, But Uh,
1: for people who don't know what he's talking about, Mitch Hedberg, may rest in peace, had a joke that said it's almost like when somebody's handing you a pamphlet or a flyer, it's
3: like they're saying, "Here, you throw this away." (laughs) So I typically don't pick it up, but I actually did pick up some of the Ron Paul uh, pamphlets and read them over dinner, and I was like, "With your one good eye, yeah, exactly." (laughs) This was before the fireworks incident happened, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy, I I kind of like what he's what he's saying here." So.
1: So um, you were affected by grassroots social or political activism? I was. And I
3: I, I, it I honestly thought that I was above it. Well, I don't, I would <laughs> say I was above it, but I felt like I had an, a, enough knowledge of, you know, the the political current right now that I didn't I wouldn't succumb to it. Then that sounds kind of arrogant and I was humbled. And now he's, now he's getting some momentum on the internet, which is cool. His yeah.
1: website is titled, Ron Paul for 2008,
2: Hope for America.
1: The,
3: That's uh, a
4: very po- politician yeah, slogan.
2: Long story short, what Jesse's saying is that this kid who... Grab the baseball would be a okay if Ron Paul was in office. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Yeah. How that, how all I can say
3: is if you got a sweet baseball
2: at <laughs> a game, okay. it's funny. I was reading about the guy. If you're that, a fan of sports memorabilia, vote
3: Ron Paul in yeah. 2008. <laughs> See, I, I, was, I was reading about the guy who caught the A Rods 500th home run, um, which is historic, not only because it's Alex Rodriguez' 500th home right. run, but he's also he's the youngest, youngest, youngest guy to do it in major league history 32 to ever reach years that. Old yeah, old in eight days. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: I know my sports.
3: And wow. apparently, the New York Yankees offered him crazy, like a, a crazy memorabilia, you know, season tickets, everything. And he said no. And then A Rod apparently made some offers, and he said no. And he's going to hold out. And I don't blame them. The guys on I was I was listening to the guys on ESPN talk and they were and they were like, you know, one of it, it was it was PTI, uh, a show where two guys going to go back and forth. But one guy was like, he should just give the ball to A-Rod. He accomplished it. And I was thinking, why does A-Rod deserve it any more than this kid? A-Rod, you know, is an insanely paid athlete. A-Rod's the one who lost it in the first place. (laughs) (laughs)
2: He should have held on to
3: it better. If there's one lesson (laughs) I learned as a kid, it's don't hit balls over the fence. Because guess what? The mean old neighbor with the trash bag goes and puts him in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. Well, it's official. ABC is the gayest network on TV. (laughs) Wait, wait, before... The GLAAD, which is a gay and lesbian alliance against defamation. Is it more than Bravo, or is this just over-the-air stuff? No, Network TV. Okay, okay. They gave um, ABC the highest marks out of the five major broadcast networks because they did the first-ever report rating depictions of gay and lesbian and transgender characters in primetime TV. Now, basically what they did is they watched uh, 4,693 hours of programming in June to May of 2006-2007, and they counted the number of times that uh, impressions, is what they're calling it, um, sort of like they do in web ad sales, occurrences of gay characters or discussions or themes came up within those amount of time, and they gave them ratings from uh, failing to excellent. No one got excellent, but ABC had good. So, that's,
1: that's interesting. I mean, I mean, it's surprising, truthfully, because well, NBC owns Bravo. I mean, uh, a very pro-gay cable network. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would have thought you'd see more of that influence at NBC. ABC's owned by the Mouse, which is more family-friendly.
3: Yeah. Well, Walt Disney is also has also had some association with different um, gay activist causes in the past. So you know that could be. Huh. It's interesting.
1: I I, I would but I probably would have thought that Fox would have been the lead because they're most known as being controversial and, and more
2: edgy. liberal in their
3: shows and edgy. And yeah, stuff. but
2: the thing is, I I think they'd be more likely to just poke fun.
3: That's true. It's more of the culture.
2: redneck. Yeah,
3: I'm with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're watching Family Guy and they have a gay <laughs> character, it's not going to be treated like you're watching Ugly Betty. You know, um, you watch Ugly Betty every night. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Paul just looks crazy. Yeah, oh, let me see I, I like him because who would mess with that guy? He looks like he'd just mm. go and sucker punch you. I was watching. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to an interview with him, and he's like, "I think it's great what they're." He's like, "I come to the, the conventions and the rallies now, and I got the the long hair hippies. I got the YouTubes and like, <laughs> because he because because he's he's got like the, a crazy
1: grandpa. Yeah, exactly. He, I,
3: I picture him being as fast as a cat." <laughs> and yeah. as wiry as a mongoose. No, no. He's got
1: the look in his eyes like a squirrel. You know, just like he's about to do something, you just don't know what, but you want to see it yeah. happen. He looks shifty, but in a good way. <laughs>
3: Well, um, USA Today actually published a story this week about the sobering numbers that Protestant churches are losing young adults at, and they actually talked to some of the people at Barna, who we did a we did a story with. It was what? How many issues ago was that, Adam? We did the Faith No More story, and we talked to. Yeah, it's like three. Dave issues. Kinnaman. Yeah, Dave Kinnaman, and um, they they basically said that seven in ten Protestant. Uh, 7 in 10 Protestants ages 18 to 30, both evangelical and mainline, who went to church regularly in high school, so they quit attending by age 23. So that's significant, 70%. Uh, we've known
1: we've seen stats for a while that say um 8 million people who who were active churchgoers as teenagers will not be in church anymore by the age of 30. And so we we've kind of actually even used that as the number of how big our our potential market is. Yeah. It's like okay, that's who we want. That's who we want to reach. Honestly, I mean, yeah. we want to reach people who are involved in church too, but people who grew up with faith and then kind of fell disenfranchised. It's like they're still spiritually hungry for the most part, most likely. And I want to. We need to engage them.
2: Yeah, there's a huge gap there. I think a lot of it is that the church just doesn't know how to how to deal with people in their twenties. Well, some and let's so say that some, some churches, churches yeah. but. Uh, there's almost this this sentiment that like well you know we'll lose them after they leave youth group but they'll be back when they have kids
0: yeah and you for know? the most part it and holds for the most true part,
2: yeah but that's you know say a ten year period in there where they're just in this nether region with no fellowship you know. well yeah. let me, I mean let me come to the defense of churches I mean I I think we
1: saw that most most prominently like around two thousand one, two thousand two, where it was like there was nothing. And then there was a real emergence of young adult ministries mm-hmm. at churches from like two thousand two to two thousand five. Um, even maybe six. Since then we've actually seen kind of a shifting back away from the young adult churches yeah. in a like and they're almost like launching as separate churches now. But you know the good thing is is if you are twenty two years old and you're asking questions, you're nineteen years old you're asking questions 29 years old or 35, whatever, that, you know, there are churches now who are engaging that conversation of trying to figure out your messy Christianity. Whereas, like, I think, you know, up to about 2000, it was just kind of like, oh, you're, you're asking questions. That means you're doubting. If you're doubting, you don't have faith. And If you don't have faith, and you don't belong here. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. Well,
3: I, 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 th- think. I think one thing... I think, yeah, it also really falls in the court of the 20-somethings, too. Because I think there's, for too long, been this mindset of, like, I don't want to find a church that can offer me what I'm looking for. I want to find a church that I can... What, what can I offer a church, you know? I think sometimes people... Um, It it was interesting, I was reading um, about, uh, I think it was lifechurch.tv, a pastor came up one morning, um, it it was one of these mega churches, and the pastor came up one morning and said, basically, um, I've put pamphlets out for a lot of local congregations in the lobby, Uh, I know all these pastors well, they're great churches, if you don't feel like you have something to offer here, I want you, after the service, to go out and check out some of these pamphlets and maybe visit some other churches. And he said that at, that the next Sunday, there's a significant drop in attendance. And he said, but give it a couple weeks, and those seats fill back up with people who actually want to offer something to the congregation. Now, whether that's just – that doesn't mean they have to serve as like a parking lot attendant, which – I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but just for example. But it's something that they know this is a fit for them, that they, they can give something back here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can't, then maybe they look for a place where I can offer something. Um, so I thought it was really yeah. interesting, and it just kind of shows a little bit change in mindset. That you know, it's not just the church's responsibility right. to get people plugged in. You have to have some initiative, and understand that no organization is perfect. Well, you know?
2: yeah, and that plays right into the twenty-something mindset because I think the the paradigm largely of the seeker-sensitive church was ministering to felt needs, and twenty-somethings aren't really passionate about. People ministering to their felt needs—they're passionate about doing something. They're passionate about action, so they want to know what can I do? What can you know? What what action can I take to change the world around me? Not what can you do for me? Uh, and certainly, I mean that's you know you could say that that's a felt need as well—the need to you know to feel that you're making a difference. But um, I think that it just shifts the way you communicate that you know from here's a, a little chunk of wisdom that you can use for the rest of your week, practically, to here's how we can get together and do something that's going to change the situation around us.
3: Yeah, and I think the, the uh, some of the perception of success in ministry, I think the association with just big numbers is starting to decline, that a lot of people can fill pews, you know? Um, a lot of people can do a really good show on Sunday morning, but if you... Uh, I think the definition of success in ministry is beginning to shift a little away from just the biggest and, you know, the most attended. Um, so, we'll, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how the evolution is going.
4: Uh, there was a study done, and they found that 92 beaches were contaminated and dirty. And the dirtiest one was in Beechwood Beach in New Jersey.
1: Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and the they would put culpses. up <laughs> I was <gonna> say, yeah, <laughs> how the bodies floating to shore.
4: <laughs> they would they put up a red flag to warn you not to go in the water, and then a green flag that's it's a, it's safe, which was scary.
1: It's a lot of grossness, that's yeah. really nasty. Well, think about what happens in that water.
3: Well, I don't I don't really think it's the natural waste that is causing all the problems. That <laughs> I think it's more of like yeah. shipping routes. Like I remember when in Vir- Virginia Beach, where I grew up, we'd get up early to go surfing a lot. And you would have to drive, you, there were certain blocks that you would be like, oh, you know, 10th Street to 21st Street is blocked off today uh, because it tested really high for, a lot of gro- for bacteria. Huh? Because um, the Chesapeake Bay is right there, which is a huge shipping port. So all these boats come in, and once they get right, out of, you know, right off the beach or right, coming right in, and they have to meet certain weight requirements if, when they come into port, if they don't, they just start dumping stuff. And they will wow. like, like flush out tanks. They'll do what they need to do to meet certain weight requirements when well, they come in. Well, so flush out tanks. That's like just that's human waste, right? Like you're exactly. To, well, I mean, but that's natural.
2: Wow, well, <laughs> several several thousand gallons of human <laughs> yeah. waste in
1: one area at one time is not natural. Yeah. Well, It is natural. It'll dissipate over the whole ocean. Actually, there's
0: chemicals in <laughs> <gonna laughs> the ocean. Well,
3: well, exactly. Think mean, about what a whale does. I mean that. Yeah, but it's also, that's also like treated human waste. It's yeah. not like, it's just like...
2: And a whale's not right next to the beach dumping thousands of gallons at the same loop. time that but I, washes up on the beach.
3: But I've been watching the news where they found medical supplies, like... In New Jersey. Well, no, like they found like syringes, uh, just a lot of stuff you don't want to be in the water with. Yeah. And so they'll shut down different areas of the beach all, all summer long. You really have to pay attention. Huh.
4: Um, there was two beaches in Maryland that were also in the top four, Hacks Point and uh, Bay Country Beach, and then also Venice State Beach in California.
5: So don't
3: so go to those just beaches. just don't
4: go there. If you want to go to a nice beach, the number one uh, best beach Neahawk. is Myrtle Beach, South Carolina.
3: Really? Myrtle yeah.
2: Beach? They're- well, it's probably not Man. near any big shipping ports. It must yeah. have really changed since I was a kid.
1: Wow. Are <laughs> you talking about nicest as far as just cleanest water? It says best beach. World's wow. best beach.
2: Myrtle Beach was scummy when I was a
1: kid. Well, I,
4: yeah, I'm Miami sure. got number two. Of
3: course, Myrtle Ab- Beach like, is above really Hawaii big. And
4: really? Stuff. That's weird.
3: Well, there is animal news. Sweet. Uh, which is, is always good. You know it's a slow news day. Or Awesome News Day, when the front of Yahoo is, you know, Yahoo is a huge, is a huge place to come for information the Isn't it the, the top internet. site in the world? It, it, it's one of, if no, it's I not think, I think it is. I think Google's number two. When their featured story is After watch...
2: <laughs> we're number 1,387,000. You know what the people who work there said when they found out that they were the top news site? Huzzah.
4: Oh, <laughs> I was going to do the Yahoo thing. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, is that, you were
2: doing a yeah,
0: a, zig a switch. switch. Yeah. Exactly.
3: That yeah. was good. Um, <laughs> reversal <win>. of
4: expectation.
3: <laughs> the front featured story at Yahoo today was watch buffalo versus lion versus alligator battle.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, man, video. have you not seen that? No. It's amazing. The showdown at Kruger Creek or whatever it is. Where these uh, these South African tourists were filming this herd of buffalo by this river out in the the plains? So random. Yeah, and uh, you know they they start approaching a pride of lions that they don't see. The lions grab one of the baby buffalo and uh, scare off the other ones. They drag the buffalo down. And it's kind of half in, half out of the water. Crocodile comes up, grabs the back half of the baby buffalo, <gasps> and is pulling on it. They're like having oh. a tug-of-war. The lions get it back, right? And then the buffaloes come back, and they brought friends. Oh. Right? Oh. And they just
5: attack,
0: awesome. They
2: attack the lions. One of them headbutts a lion like six feet into the air, right? <gasps> and they get the little baby, the buffalo calf, back. Like it goes back Into the herd And the alligator Just kind of lays low Like oops Yeah well I was hoping That the alligator (laughs) Would come back In the middle of that (laughs) Yeah Yeah. I was kind of hoping That in the middle of it While the lions And the buffalo Are fighting Everyone's forgotten About the crocodile That he'd come in With like a
3: shotgun (laughs) You know Fire it into the air. But, well, not, All
2: right, everyone just settle
3: down! <laughs> not only was that the featured story at Yahoo, just under it... Wait, what, when was this? Because, I mean, I watched that on YouTube yeah, a, a week, week ago. This. Yeah, I watched it's on there today. several yeah. weeks ago. And then, just under it was Swedish grandmother hospitalized after beaver attack. Did you see the picture of the beaver? <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. But let me see, let that, me see, turn around. The beaver looks terrifying.
1: It's terrifyingly cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Can I
3: see, Jess? <laughs> The beaver attacked the grandmother. She was seriously hit by the animal's tail and received a number of bites (laughs) and scratches. Could you think of anything more terrifying? I would rather be attacked by a shark than a beaver. A beaver tail. (laughs) And bites. Well, it primarily came up.
1: (laughs) She's swimming in the channel. It came up and whacked her on the head with his tail. And once she then started struggling, then he started to get more aggressive with her. He just whacked her with the tail. It, but did you finish the story? Because now uh this isn't the first human attack by a beaver
2: in that yeah, channel, so and they're going
1: to go and kill all, all the 10 beavers. Slow yeah. thanks grandma.
2: Yeah, thanks for your thanks you're for not meddling being to defend yourself. Yeah, you're not meddling. Meddling killing her. a
3: bunch of adorable animals. Well, speaking of animals being killed in a river, do you hear about the freshwater dolphin in China? Yeah, it's yeah. the only yeah. one gone. found there, Whoa. extinct. Yeah, gone so now forever. it's not found there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they killed it. No, no the, the, it's extinct. Yeah, the, because of unregulated fishing. Oh, well. It's all the, of them are the gone. Yeah, f- one will pop up somewhere. <laughs> the well, dolphins they, are they said nice. they, they went on a six-week expedition with all this equipment, two boats, all these scientists went up and down the river for six weeks, couldn't find one. Well, they just went up and down one river. Well, that's the only river that's they're, the river ever they're picked picked found at. Well, that's what they think.
1: That's
2: what I'm saying. One will pop up somewhere. <laughs> but its, it's only uh, at habitat World. is the Yangtze River.
3: Yeah. It's the only where they've found oh, Well,
2: then now. it didn't really affect that. So really affect that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that makes me upset about it is it was really delicious.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was the most sweet
3: of all dolphins. And meat. you'll never find anything that tastes like that again. <laughs> oh, and by the way, oh, no. I'll get to do some no, feedback. No but oh. all the people that are sending me pictures of rats... Or whatever, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Spencer Fruling, you know, who I thought was a friend of the show, sent me one a picture with a rat where he had photoshopped off the tail, and then the next picture had the rat with the tail, and he called it a fear test. <laughs> <laughs> How were you? How did you respond? I, I seriously, I had more of a reaction. Of course, I was only monitoring my own reaction um, mm. to the rat with the tail, so there might be something. To you, need, Spencer's you need to theory. put that
1: up on the podcast
3: blog yeah the two pictures yeah
4: um, a couple days after we recorded that I went and saw Hairspray on my own <laughs> to make Cameron go and in the opening scene she's singing walking to school and she sings to brats on the street and it made me think of you
1: Hey, that happened in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade mm-hmm. when he's down in the catacombs. He yeah. started singing to the rats. <laughs> yeah, I There's I scenes in that.
3: that. Which one? It's Temple well, of Doom. No, it was
2: Indiana Jones,
3: the Last musical. Cru- you
2: didn't see it? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, That's yeah Disney put it out. Last Crusade is the one with all the rats. Are you serious?
4: Uh, Are you joking? <laughs> You're joking.
3: Woo, <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> over my head. Yeah, well, there's no Indiana Jones <laughs> musical. It wouldn't way. surprise me because...
4: Yeah, I would believe you. Indiana Jones,
3: the theme park the stunt spectacular yeah the stunt spectacular has been going strong for about three decades over at MGM along with all their other rides yeah you know all their other attractions oh were you here when you were a child uh, it was pretty much the same stuff you know you <laughs> see Tower of Terror that debuted 15 years they ago they change that every year
4: they put a ta- more drops in. That's
3: Tower all. of Terror changes. Like
1: now, literally, it's on random, and every ride is different.
3: By it, it's, it's different. You're by gonna drop a, a second. second. It's still well, yeah. Yeah. not
1: really. They'll push you down, push you up, push you down, push you up. Whereas before, it's just whoop, you're done. Still, it's the same ride. Just but slight they, they added rock and Roller Coaster, which is an awesome roller coaster. But that it's is an fun. incredibly
3: lame Aerosmith theme. Like when you're yeah. waiting in line and you peek in the studio yeah. at Aerosmith recording. No <laughs> way! Aerosmith! They were cool, right? Were they cool? You know? No, it turns out, no. Or, or, or Tomorrowland. That's always exciting. It's like Mark Steele says, the future as envisioned in 1978.
1: Yeah, Have you the not world been of- in the last five years? They totally redid Tomorrowland. I was there... A year and it's a half ago, right? And it's not. It's, 19, did you go to the original Tomorrowland? It was the 1978 version up until about five years ago, and now it's a. It's
4: not much different. <laughs> it
1: completely it still, looks different. It, it is still. The ethos lame. Are the
3: same. Well, it's weird because it's like the food that I buy at Tomorrowland. It seems like they adjusted for inflation. Because it's like oh, fifteen dollars for a hamburger. Is this what tomorrow will look like? <laughs> it's a grim picture of the future you paint, indeed, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh, how accurate! Too bad you couldn't got their weird looking spacesuits right. You know, I guarantee you. I don't care how highly evolved civilization gets. No one's wearing those matching a, a triangle, yeah, onesies with a massive rainbow collar. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, that
1: is that's something that always puzzled me. That the vision of the future was that there was no individual expression of style or choice anymore. Everybody has to dress the same.
3: And and I love it that geometric shapes have come back in to dominate decoration. Well, it's kind of
2: like Ikea. When Jesse and I were wandering through Ikea, we're like, this is kind of like the people of 1965, their vision of the world of 1985.
3: There's parts of walking through Ikea that is is a little bit (laughs) soul-crushing. Yeah, it's
2: like, Ikea is great when you have just some furniture in your home but if your entire world looked like ikea like it's no wonder to me that depression is so rampant in sweden because you know you're going from your your perfect cube cement block work where you're doing your accounting work walking through the the sunless afternoon sky to your perfect cube apartment filled yeah. with perfect cube IKEA furniture you're like I just can't do this. Anymore. Yeah, it's it's so
3: like industrial and efficient. Yeah, even you know? even the
2: meatballs like we we <laughs> ate the food court and they have those meatballs it's like we have condensed meat into its most efficient form yeah. the sphere. Yeah. You know, each of these is precisely one bite.
3: <laughs> it's true. It is it is dehumanizing to walk through there.
2: Okay, well that'll do it for
1: your uh Nothing. Um, That was slices. That was slices. Oh, was it slices? Yeah, (laughs) that we already done. (laughs) Sort of. Up next, Ethan Durrell. listening to the Eurythmics actually you're listening to Eurythmics not the the song is Sweet Dreams are made of this there's also parentheses in that song name as well you can just guess where
3: this week we had the pleasure of Ethan Durrell coming through the studio. Great indie rock band. They've been around for a little while. And like Carmen said earlier, we actually spotlighted them in the uh, new artist section a couple uh, issues ago in the magazine. If this is your first time checking them out, I'm sure it will not be your last because they're a great Ooh, band. That's a lofty statement. Well, <laughs> I, I I think I can stand by it.
1: You can check them out at EthanDurrell.net. It's D-U-R-E-L-L-E. .net. And without any further ado, here is Ethan Darrell.
5: We're Ethan Darrell. We're from Waco, Texas. And this song is called Two Sunrises, and we're playing some very different versions of them. So... Too early again to the sound of 300 cars from my dreams trailing away down my spine. A police I moved from my window to the front door and on on into the night. Eventually I moved out into the hallway, crossing the freight rug. A man I've never seen before in my life was asleep on the couch. Some blankets from a closet and threw one over his body. Grabbed my keys from the coffee table, opened the door, walked out down the stairs across the courtyard to my car, got in and drove away. getting gray and in between the color and the age you won't remember anyway Anyway. three nights in a row I've been driving out here where the trees get farther and farther apart hoping a blinding light would strike me in my seat my scales have already been removed and the last thing I remember after my car we're standing on the edge of the road. Seen you come up over that hill. It's like do some. I care about you You're worth the pain and the sweat I didn't mean to hurt you, huh? You know what I mean I want. I didn't know So you run from the progress From the process That is on you Every day and night Since you moved to the city Turn the corners of the stable Through the kitchen To your bedroom Where the stairs sings You off to sleep Cause they don't want you, they don't need you, not the frenzy. They could beat you and they could chew you up, spit you out, chew you up again. Baby, because you gave you.
2: sad song for you. This is called Downtown
0: Man.
5: And and fire We all feel so lonely The sun in the sky She murders your backside She tears you up she tears
0: you up
1: Listening to Soft Cell, the song is "Tainted Love." It's also not playing right now at relevant.tv. Man, Ethan Drolman is good though. Be awesome. Yeah, that would be good.
3: Jesse, get on that. I don't know if there's a. It was. Did they do videos back then? Oh my god! Oh, come on,
1: <laughs> come on. <laughs> Last week we asked you for your irrational fears. It was all because Jesse has an irrational fear of small reptiles, which is no, actually not, not reptiles. irrational. It's a <laughs> Um, And so, yeah, you guys didn't disappoint. Apparently, you guys like talking about really embarrassing things. It came flooding in.
3: So, here we go. Well, this one is from Samuel in Las Vegas. And he said, like me, rats scare him. It's not that they'll bite me or overpower me with their razor-sharp claws and beady eyes. It's just that he doesn't like small animals. But beyond that, he also really hates bats. He says, being from Austin... See, to me, that's a logical connection. Yeah. Un- unlike with you. Well, I just... The tail thing. Um, it's, they said bats... Uh, Austin is famous um, for the Congress Street Bridge, which there's a huge popul- population of Mexican free-tail bats. So I'm guessing free-tail means they don't have tails. Um, that would be tail-free. Um, it's 1.5 million bats. Um, and they said Austin completely embraces it. They even have a minor league uh, hockey team... That's called the Austin Ice Bats. When I first read this, I was like, what a cool name for like an indie rock band. The Ice Bats. You know? <laughs> I would be the Ice Bats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he said that... They'd be glam rock. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have to be glam rock. Or they would sound like Arctic Monkeys for, for me <laughs> for some reason. See, I don't to know me, why. they
1: sound like um, Wolf Mother.
3: Yeah. The Ice Bats. Yeah. They, they, they would be from some like cold, dark area, region of the world. You know, Like Greenland. Nor- Norway. Um, they hang out with Bjork. Yeah, exactly. They they collaborate sometimes. Yep. In like industrial rock showdowns. Um, but he said the fear <laughs> or death metal. really stems from a little bit of hostility because when he was in 7th grade One of the teachers left the window open, and to escape the cool Austin air, all the bats went into the classroom. And so when the kids got to school, they saw the bats in there, so they closed school for three hours, except his class met in the other building, so he had to still go to class. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matthew Peleshek is terrified of whales. Uh, Says, not like
2: a beluga whale. Well, clearly, that would just be crazy. But the big ones. In fact, the bigger they are, the more they terrify me. Has he ever encountered one? Um, I'm trying to get to where he says his his bad experience with the whale. Oh, he was mugged by a whale. A, oh. <laughs> whale, a blue whale took his wallet.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of the ocean, we have a, a gift here from Mike... Mike, Mike Ferber <laughs> from Clarksburg, West Virginia. And... Um, he sent us saltwater taffies. <gasps> salt
0: I love saltwater taffy.
4: taffy. Don't,
1: don't eat them on the podcast.
0: <laughs> Where are
1: they from?
4: Holden Beach, oh. North Carolina. Holden Beach, North
1: oh, Carolina. Okay. Yeah, Saltwater taffy is awesome. I'm hungry. I've never had saltwater taffy.
4: Also, um, Bob Messer said that the licorice that I was talking about is called nibs. <laughs> N-I-B-S.
2: <in Ugh>. <laughs> no Does that make you not want to eat it? Nope, still want them. Oh. Haven't
4: gotten them yet. Elizabeth Carroll... She um, is afraid of having... She has two first names. Elizabeth Carroll. Yes, she is afraid of having things stuffed in her ears. (laughs) Um, She doesn't like like people to know that one because it's pretty easy to come up behind her and just cover her ears. My mom's a nurse, and she told me once of having to take roaches out of people's ears Oh gosh! so for a long time i would sleep with a blanket like wrapped around my ears and stuff
3: my, my question is who does like having things put in their ears <laughs> like if <laughs> someone came up behind me well, and put a finger in my ear i'd be pretty terrified there's, too there's a difference
1: between liking it and being terrified of it though I mean, I don't like it. Nobody likes it, but it's not a fear that you go around thinking about. Wearing
3: earmuffs or something. Right. I got one here from Tracy Homer.
1: She says, I used to have an irrational fear that people would steal outgoing mail from my mailbox so they could have the stamps or steal, <laughs> or steal the outgoing Netflix DVDs. I kind of got over that, but it's morphed into a fear that people will steal my laundry off the clothesline. So I guess I fear that people are going to steal useless and stupid things from me.
2: <laughs> Jimmy Hudson says that uh, he, he's terrified of irons. Wait, iron the supplement? Iron the- Iron the uh the clothes flattening instrument. Gotcha. Says so as a younger person, I refuse to let you know at what age, which means a couple months ago. <laughs> I stuck my tongue on an iron. My thought process was that I could achieve that wonderful crackling sound that you get when you place bacon in a hot frying pan. Jimmy, do you know what that crackling sound is? That's the bacon scorching. Okay, so that if you hear that sound, your tongue's in bad shape. He says, the plot thickened when I realized I could not remove my tongue fast enough to avoid the pain associated with burning tongue flesh. <laughs> As you could imagine, I'm now quite jumpy at the sight of an iron. Well, so, just, you didn't, no, real, no real need for that. Just don't put your tongue on it. <laughs>
3: yeah. It seems to me that there hasn't been a lot of um, innovation in the iron board, ironing board Department, You know, it's pretty much the same ironing board they've been using for like 60 years. Well, the iron has progressed. The iron, but not the ironing board. And here's the thing. Well, how can you pro- progress a board? I think it could be a little bit more stable. Because I've had plenty mm-hmm. of times where I put a heavy... I mean, iron, it's, I mean, it's a chunk of metal. Right. And you're putting it on this flimsy thing that you fold up and hang on the back of a closet door. How much, how much did you pay for your ironing board? I, I'm pretty sure no matter what kind of ironing board you get, you pretty much get the same wobbly. thing. There's some ones, Ours
4: is wobbly.
2: Huge chunk of like, what kind of iron are you using? Are you using one of the old ones that you heat up I, in the fireplace?
1: Yeah, I actually have a
3: <laughs> furnace, like a brick oven yeah. that yeah. I that I heated. There's in. your first problem. Yeah, <laughs> but but it seems like I've seen on more one occasion when the when the ironing board starts tipping, it's like, oh, watch out! You know, like iron falling. You also shouldn't you iron like on your driveway, with is slant. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had have you been burned like that? I have? See, I'm not alone here. Not I, think, I think I think you know necessity is the mother of invention so if a podcast listener hears this and like you know what i've been burned well they have had my foot i've been burned my tongue
2: got burned lisa kowalski is uh afraid of the pixar lamp um she says as soon as it turns to stare at you with that one eye yikes i literally cover my face in the theaters when pixar hops out my friends have to tell me when it's over Bad news is I purchased 2 Pixarish lamps a few years ago without knowing I was afraid of them. My loving friends took great joy in turning the lamps toward me whenever they could so as to make me jump out of my skin when I noticed it. No bueno. Uh, if you have any ideas of how to overcome this fear, I'm, I'll gladly hear you out. Uh, the best way to do that is turn a lamp toward you then smash it with a hammer <laughs> so that you feel some control over yeah. it. Okay, so that'll do it for your feedback.
1: And now here's the... This week's Editorial Question of the Week.
0: Editorial Question of the
4: Week. Summer is coming to a close soon, and we would like to hear your most disastrous vacation story ever.
1: Yeah, so tell us, you know, whether it's failing vacation long ago or recent, you know, something that happened that is of note to make it a memorably disastrous event for you. Mm -hmm. We'll scar you for the rest of your life, and then we can revel in the hilarity
3: that's what you like to and, do.
2: And if you just send in the plot for a Chevy Chase movie, we're going to see right through it. Because, <laughs> yeah. hello, we're all huge Chevy Chase fans, yeah. and we've seen all his movies.
1: Well, him and Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, so you're trying to send this in is the plot, plot for to,
2: Boat Trip. Or if
1: this
3: is the yeah, plot yeah. to
2: Daddy Day Camp, we'll yeah. know it. Yeah, because I guarantee you we will have seen it. Yeah, if there's times.
3: anything in the comedy vacation genre, trust me. Yeah, we've, we've seen, seen it. it.
2: All
1: right. So, email us at editorial at relevantmagazine dot com or feedback at relevantmagazine dot com. And relevant news: We have a little update. Last week, we launched the new, all new store dot com. For the last like five or six years, relevant store has really just been a store where you could buy stuff we made, our books, our shirts, our magazines. Paper cranes, things yeah. we whittled. <laughs> and, and and we decided, now that we're not publishing books actively, um, that we would seize the opportunity and reinvent the relevant Store. And really what it's going to be, and what it is, is hand-picked products um, that... Maybe the the you would have seen in the magazine, or maybe it's an independent artist or band or something that you don't know about yet, and we can help you know kind of bring awareness to great up and coming stuff. We're carrying independent apparel lines now. Um, we have companies like Naive or Trace Propaganda. We have um, some independent music up. We have a, a, an area that's small now, but will actually probably be the most lo- or the largest area on the site coming soon. Is going to be the art and design area. Um, we're connecting with a ton of amazing artists that, mm-hmm. um, and we're selling their prints, some original pieces. And uh, right now it's a real limited selection, but check back because every week, this is the other cool thing, is we're, we're going to be specializing in limited edition and limited run stuff. And every week we'll be... Closing stuff out and bringing in new products. Um, you can sign up for a newsletter just to see like the new products that are added every week and stuff. And we're really focusing on stuff that's focused on spiritual growth, social justice, um, or, or supporting independent art. You know, like artists, uh, music, or painting. And, um, and trying to give a platform to people who are doing stuff that's cool and innovative and, and fresh. And so we're, we're going to keep real limited runs. So if you see uh, an album or a shirt, I mean, we may only have three. And yeah. so it's one of those like quick, and then you come back next week, it's gone. So we just want to keep things moving real fast in the store.
2: Yeah, so. and let me say, Jesse actually has some tremendous etch a sketch artwork for sale, but um,
3: the the artwork may change during shipping. Yeah, so, I've done <laughs> just everything beware. I can. I put so many fragile stickers, but I don't want to get one more letter of complaint about that. <laughs> hey, at the very at, l- at least you got Nash's sketch. So, yeah, be you know, grateful forever.
2: Okay, you paid thrice the retail value for it <laughs> but still. And it was opened and yeah. used. <laughs> and scratched up a little bit. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, so check out relevantstore.com. If you're an independent artist, uh, whether it be a designer or artist or musician or you have a band or something and you'd like or or even apparel company, and you'd Mm -hmm. like to submit things for consideration um, uh, for the store, uh, hit up Matt Addington at Matt at com, and uh, he's kind of spearheading the store for us and we'll be able to get your products into the uh, selection meetings. Cool. Definitely check out relevantstore.com and come back frequently. Um, On that note, the magazine is at the printer and should be shipping here in the next week or two to subscribers nationwide, the one with... Should we reveal it? Ben Harper is on the cover. We have a uh, an interview with Ben Harper.
0: It's Very pretty cool.
2: fantastic.
1: It's ah. a great issue. We'll talk more about it um, as the magazine ships, and we'll we'll let you know more about the issue. But the September October issue of Relevant has Ben Harper on the cover, and a new trim size, and a slightly different cover treatment. You'll you'll see a slight variation. We're now being printed at the same place that does Wired and stuff, and so that gritty wired maddy, covers will, yeah. you know we've had gritty Matt for forever but a varying degrees gritty
2: or Matty enough yeah
1: various <laughs> varying degrees of grittiness and Mattiness, and I don't feel like there have been a couple times where we nailed it I feel like the John Foreman issue from like 05 mm-hmm. we nailed it but there have been issues where I've hated yeah, the texture. The,
2: this is printed on actual industrial grade sandpaper,
3: and and your Anything? fingertips will bleed as you oh, yeah. as you flip through it. Absolutely. But if you need to smooth out any like coffee tables you got lying mm-hmm. around, this is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Be
1: careful with coffee table you set this on if you kept it kept the issue out because it will actually remove the finish
2: underneath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you need to take the finish off something to refinish it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Use it. Yeah. yeah. We were actually including uh, some lacquer. And select dishes. So, yeah, that's for subscribers. We're excited. Subscribers only. Yeah. So. And, and instructions
2: on how to refinish an antique coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a new issue
1: of Relevant uh, coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, remember, check out the newrelevantstore.com. Many thanks to Ethan Durrell for coming through, laying out a great set for us. You can, again, check them out at ethandurrell.net. There's an E on the end. Not, not of net, but of Durell. That yeah. would be that neat. <laughs> <laughs> or nette. Eh? Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, we'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. I am Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Adam Smith.
4: I'm Maya Strang.
1: We'll see you next week.
2: We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, well, no friends of mine. Say, we can go where we want to. There's a layaway. We
0: can act like we come from out of this world. We you don't go on far behind. Relevant podcast. Anytime, anywhere. It's a
2: grim picture of the future you paint indeed, Mickey Mouse.